From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And for this edition, my special guest is His Excellency, the Most Reverend F. Richard Spencer, Auxiliary Bishop for the Archdiocese. Bishop Spencer, welcome. Well, thank you very much, Taylor, and good morning to you and to our audience. And uh, our topic today, Bishop Spencer, as you well know, is the uh, recent homecoming of Father Emil Capon, or is also known as M.L. Capon in Kansas, where he's from. Uh, and you attended the uh, the homecoming and the funeral for Father Capon. And um, uh, for the benefit our, of our listener who's not familiar with Father Capon's story, I'll just sum it up in a nutshell. He was a um, Korean War uh, U.S. Army chaplain who was uh, uh, captured and died a hero's death in a uh, North Korean POW camp in May of 1951 after supporting his fellow prisoners to the point uh, of uh, sneaking out at night and uh, foraging food and uh, helping them get by. He is now considered um, a servant of God by the Catholic Church and the um, uh, the church is considering his cause for uh, canonization. In the meantime, after the armistice in the 50s, uh, the bodies of um, U.S. servicemen were returned to the United States, and many of them put in unmarked grades, graves in Hawaii. One of those was Father Capon, and it was identified only in March. Uh, and so he was able to be brought back and repatriated, uh, brought back to his home state of Kansas. And uh, that is a, a brief uh, although a uh, uh, insufficient uh, description of his remarkable um, uh, vocation as a priest and a uh, U.S. Army chaplain. Uh, Bishop Spencer, you are a retired U.S. Army chaplain, and you were present for the return of Father Capon's remains in Kansas back on September 25th, 2021. And I want to hear all about it uh, Sir, uh, could you uh, d d tell us, uh, d give us a, um, uh, an account, um, what was it like being there in Wichita at the Eisenhower Airport, seeing the, the remains of Father Capon come home at last? Amen, and thank you again for this opportunity to reflect with you and our listeners on this awesome occasion. First and foremost, I want to say a word of thanks to Archbishop Timothy Broglio, as well as to the Archdiocese for the Military Services that allowed me to go to this event, an event that we call the Homecoming. What is so amazing is that this brother priest who served honorably and served the needs of POWs, that he was able to be returned back to his home diocese, buried in the same diocese where his parents are, as well as his other relatives, and to just be repatriated. Again, I, I commend our government, I commend our military for taking the action to repatriate one of their own. My first introduction to Father Emil Capon was in the summer of 1977. I had just arrived in the Republic of South Korea as a young captain, a military police officer assigned to the 2nd Infantry Division there at Camp Casey on the DMZ separating 
the two countries of North and South Korea. And so there, as a young military police officer, we worked closely with the KNP, that's the Korean National Police. And the different interpreters would, at times, tell me about this priest, Father Emil Kapan. And I was just amazed at the stories that the Koreans were telling about this American chaplain who happened to be a Catholic priest. And, and not only did he take care of American POWs while being a POW himself, he also took good care of the South Korean soldiers that were being held captive as POWs. And this is why the Koreans honor Father Emil Kapan because of the true life stories that are still being told today by survivors of that very same prisoner of war camp who were South Korean and how Father Emil Kapan took care of their needs as well as the needs of the American soldiers. So again, my first introduction to this awesome chaplain was in 1977. And my Korean National Police uh, officers that we worked with actually took me on a field trip. And we went to the actual location where the battle occurred in which he was captured. Now, not once but twice, the Chinese and the North Koreans told him, invited him, told him to leave. <laughs> and, but he said, nope, I'm staying. And I'm staying with my fellow soldiers. And this was and in late. Toured, this was in late 1950. That's correct. Yes, and he dedicated his time and service to, to the needs of these other POWs, including their needs for nutrition, their needs for morale, their need to pray together. He was a man for all seasons, for all events. There with the fellow prisoners. What's also remarkable is that he died there in that prisoner war camp at the age of 35. I, I reflect upon that quite often because I'm now twice his age. And I think about all that he was able to accomplish and, and the holiness of this man all within 35 years of life. What that is telling me, <laughs> I need up my game. <laughs> I need to really strive towards holiness a little bit harder because I've lived twice as long as he has lived, and I'm in nowhere as near as holy as he is. And, and Bishop so, uh, Bishop F. Richard Spencer, uh, the auxiliary bishop for the uh, Archdiocese for the Military Services, I think that you and I were in the East Room of the White House in 2013 when President Obama awarded uh, uh, Father Capon the Medal of Honor. You were there, right? Uh, sadly, no, I was overseas at that time, so I was not... Uh, present in the White House, but definitely I uh, watched it with great intentionality because uh, it was the right thing for our government to do to honor him with the Medal of Honor. Well, I had the great honor of video recording that entire ceremony, and it was uh, quite beautiful. Uh, so we have a, a hero Catholic chaplain from the Korean War who has been decorated with the nation's highest military honor posthumously in 2013. He's still under consideration for the Congregation for the Causes of Saints uh, to be a um, named a saint or recognized a saint in the Catholic Church. Um, so uh, in March, uh, what was your, um, with all this background and knowing uh, as much as you do about him and having been at the side of the battle where he was captured in 1950, 
how did you react when you heard back in March that they had finally, through DNA matching, uh, identified as remains? What a wonderful news that came to me. And, and not to be melodramatic, but I actually fell to my knees, made the sign of the cross, and offered prayers of thanksgiving. Um, again, just honoring what our government and what our church did to re- recover the remains and to identify the remains of Father Emil Capon. What's interesting is, I've, and I've heard this from eyewitnesses, is that, yes, he was buried in a mass grave there in the North Korean boundaries, but he was intentionally laid in a little trench along the side of the mass grave. And that is why today we have over 96% of his body still intact. It's because the North Koreans and the Chinese saw how this holy man interacted with the other prisoners. They knew that they regarded him as special. So even so even the even the enemy recognized his special gifts. Absolutely. And therefore, he was a little trench along the side of the ditch is where he was laid. And that's, again, remarkable. It's another sign of a miracle that we have 96% of his remains. The only thing missing, I understand, is one finger and one kneecap. Maybe uh, signs of being tortured, perhaps, is one of the assumptions. But um, to have that much of his remains recovered and, and to be returned to his family, to his home diocese of Wichita, what a miracle, what a grace moment. So Bishop F. Richard Spencer, the Episcopal Vicar for the Eastern United States for the Archbishop, for the Archdiocese for the Military Services, uh, talking to us about uh, the homecoming of Father Emil Capon uh, back on Saturday, September 25th, 2021. Uh, Bishop Spencer, you were there at the Eisenhower Airport in Wichita when the plane uh, came in uh, bringing his body home. Is that correct, sir? Uh, that is correct, and what a, a beautiful moment to witness. The airplane, which was furnished by American Airlines, uh, taxied down the runway and actually went through an arch. The local fire departments had taken their fire trucks with their water cannons and formed a water arch for this plane carrying this hero to taxi down the runway as they came to the gate. And again, the momentum, the excitement, the thrills, uh, the applause uh, by those who had gathered there was just immense. And as the plane taxied and stopped at its gate, and then after a few moments of uh, shutting down the jet engines, then the back rear cargo doors were lifted up. A military contingent from Fort Riley, Kansas, an honor guard, marched from the sides of the airport to the tarmac where the plane had rested. And there they received the casket of Father Emil Capon. It was draped with a flag, draped with a U.S. flag, right? Absolutely. And also, what is very interesting is at the end of the casket are his dog tags. Uh, And uh, it just really sent chills up my spine to know that these are his authentic, his real dog tags. Were they? Were had they been buried with him? Had the dog tags? Yes. Were they recovered with his body? Yes, that's my understanding. Wow. Correct. 
is, yeah, the authentic uh, dog tags from over 70 years ago. And so they're now hanging on the handle from the outside of the casket. And it's just, a, again, another outward sign of the connectedness that this man had with his military friend. What kind of movements did you feel spiritually, emotionally, when you experienced this? On two levels. First and foremost, again, giving thanks to God for our beloved country, the United States of America, that we do everything that's humanly possible to not leave anyone behind. Sadly, we still have POWs. We still have MIAs people missing in action. But our government, there is no doubt in my mind, is actively at work trying to recover. And here is an example of those actions and also the dedicated uh, hours and hours that it took to recover these remains and to identify them. And so, again, for our government, never leave a person behind to try to engage all of our resources as necessary in order to recover those who are missing. Okay, let's go back to the airport. You were there. Who was with you to welcome home Father Emil Capon? It was a select group of people, and it was approximately a little over 120, mostly of family members and members of his parish church in Pilsen, Kansas. And so uh, it was a select group, uh, along with select military leaders. The family members were there as well as also other Medal of Honor awardees uh, were there on the tarmac to welcome home one of their own. And I'm sure uh, Father Emil Capon's nephew, Mr. Ray Capon, who received the Medal of Honor on behalf of his uncle, was there. He was, uh, along with his wife and also their children. And they had actually flown to Hawaii to personally escort the body from Hawaii to Wichita. Also joining them was the local bishop of Wichita, uh, Bishop Kimmy, who had the opportunity before they sealed the casket to actually pray over the remains of Father Emil Capon. And not only did he have the opportunity to pray before they sealed the casket, he also had the invitation from the family to take his hands and to cup in his hands the actual head of Father Ebel Capon, to touch this holy man and to be touched by him. And what a remarkable scene that had to be there in Hawaii as they sealed the casket and uh, started the return trip to Wichita. And a mass was celebrated at the cathedral in Honolulu before the plane took off for Kansas. And arriving in Kansas, there you were, Bishop Spencer, yes. and so uh, along with about 120 other uh, folks who were there to witness the return of this uh, hero priest. Uh, what next? What happened then? We did a caravan from the airport to Pilsen. It took about two hours, and it was a combination of family members and clergy and also the Medal of Honor awardees who had joined us for this event. It was escorted by motorcyclists, police, as well as other uh, police vehicles, and also by police department drones above that were monitoring the procession. And so, so a, motor, again, a, a motorcade going from Wichita's Eisenhower Airport to Pilsen, 
Kansas, which is uh, uh, where uh, Father Capon was uh, from and where he uh, first became an altar boy at St. John Nepomucene Church. I have a little trouble pronouncing that name. But is that is a, is a St. John Nepomucene Church where they brought the body? It is. And, you know, that is the very same church where his parents were married. It's the same church where he was baptized and received First Holy Communion. It's the very same church where he prayed a Mass of Thanksgiving the very next day after being ordained a Roman Catholic priest. And it's also the very same church that in between his tours of military duty in Burma during World War II and his military duties in Korea, this was he was the pastor of this very same church. And so here is the shepherd being returned home to his church. And again, uh, remarkable, the people of Kansas, this two-hour procession up the highways was lined with people. Uh, people who stood outside their cars, they took their hats off their heads, they put their hat over their heart, they put their hands over their heart, they saluted young and old. For over two hours along these highways, people of Kansas greeted, welcomed, and honored this holy, saintly man on his return to his parish in Pilsen. So the motorcade arrives at the church. What then? The Again, another honor guard met the hearse, escorted the Catholic along with the Knights of Columbus honor guard, and brought it inside the church. There was a brief uh, prayer uh, ceremony of welcoming the body into the church, and then the body laid in state throughout the night, again with the Knights of Columbus Honor Guard keeping watch entire night there in the church. And then the following morning, which will be Sunday, we returned again, Bishop Kimmy and myself, along with the other local priests, and we celebrated Sunday Mass with the local community. Again, it was a select uh, by invitation only because of the smallness of the church. But um, the outside had <laughs> about four or five times as many people as the inside did because of the size of the church. So there were several hundred people who were viewing the inside Mass while watching it on TV screens outside the church. So that was how we celebrated the Sunday Mass along with the presence of the body. Then that evening, the body was returned back to Wichita and to the uh, cathedral. And then on Monday night, all of the clergy for the various dioceses that are surrounding Wichita gathered. Approximately a little over 174 priests, I'm told, gathered for evening prayer in the presence of the body there at the cathedral in Wichita. And this was so on was Monday, on September 27th. That is correct, yes, sir. And then the next day was the vigil service for the body, and that was conducted at the Hartman Arena in uh, the outskirts of Wichita. This arena holds about 6,000 people, and they issued tickets so they could have accountability. And there was over 5,000 tickets issued for the vigil service and then for the next day on Wednesday, the actual funeral service, over 6,000 tickets were issued uh, for people to be in attendance. I'm talking to Bishop F. Richard Spencer, 
of the Archdiocese for the Military Services. Bishop Spencer is Archbishop Brolio's vicar for the eastern part of the United States. And we're talking about the uh, recent five-day homecoming uh, for uh, Father Emil Capon, Korean War hero, Medal of Honor recipient, servant of God, now under consideration for sainthood in the Catholic Church. So the uh, vigil, uh, Bishop Spencer, took place on the evening of Tuesday, Oct- uh, September 28th, uh, 2021, there at the uh, Hartman Arena uh, in, uh, in Wichita. Uh, what was that like? What transpired during the vigil? To have that many people gather in prayer to witness this life of heroicness, the life of saintliness of Emil Kapan was breathtaking. Uh, the people responded in their prayers very vigorously. They sang their hearts out. We had the choirs of the Navy Academy, the Air Force Academy, and the U.S. Army Academy of West Point also gathered. And so we had a combined choir of over 130 voices, and it just filled that arena with great joy of worship. Now, your experience, your recounting of all this uh, chokes me up. I know that, uh, that to have been present for these events must have been emotionally stirring. I, I'm still wrestling with the feelings and the emotions. Again, being introduced to this man in 1977, as a matter of fact, I have been assigned back to Korea on five different occasions, and each of those five occasions, during my 34 years of service, I always returned back to the area where the battle occurred, knowing that I was standing on holy ground. And I could almost feel the sadness. I could almost sense the presence of evil. But knowing of the power of the resurrection, that that was dissipated quickly, that feeling of evil, and knowing that Emil Capon is in the hands of our Blessed Mother because of his dedication through her to her son Jesus, and that he is definitely smiling down upon the United States of America and also his beloved Roman Catholic Church. And the spot where you have visited repeatedly, uh, where he was taken uh, um, prisoner, uh, and, and one of the f- famous stories about that incident was that there was a, a fellow soldier who was wounded in uh, one of the uh, North Korean uh, uh, servicemen was aiming uh, a, a, a rifle at him, ready to to uh, kill him, and that Father Capon came up and uh, took the rifle by the barrel, moved it aside, and picked up this uh, fellow soldier and uh, carried him a, a good part of the way on their 60-mile hike to the uh, POW camp. Well, what does that place look like, uh, Bishop Spencer? Uh, how would you describe it? Yeah, it's hilly, and it's also kind of barren. It's interesting that very little vegetation is growing there. And and this gentleman that you're talking about, he is still alive, and he was there at the ceremonies. His name is Miller, Herb Miller. He's in his 90s, and he was there, and he talked to us at the luncheon and told us the exact story that you just shared with us and how he came so close to death. And so did Father Emil Capon. But Father Capon just simply with the back of his hand pushed the barrel of the rifle away, picked this man up, and carried him to a safe area. 
I thought I thought I thought CBS News uh, White House correspondent David Martin did a, a wonderful report on on all this, and he mentioned the story about Herb Miller and referred it uh, referred to it as one of Father Emil Capon's battlefield miracles. <laughs> Absolutely, and the guy is vibrant as ever and uh, emotional, and, and I, all of us would be and were. Uh, very emotional, telling this story of Father Emil Kapal. In the three or four minutes we have left, I'd like to hear all about the funeral mass that took place on Wednesday, uh, September 29th. Once again, the location was the Hartman Arena. Uh, over 6,000 tickets were issued. Um, there were very, very few seats that were uh, a visible empty. Uh, the people were standing along the sides of the the railings just to view this wonderful mass. Again, compliments to Bishop Kemi and to his staff uh, for an outstanding uh, moment of worship and also for the opportunity to once again give God thanks for the return of this hero. What I'd like to do in our remaining moments that we have before we close is to share a particular prayer that was written just for Chaplain Emil Capon, the servant of God. May we join in prayer. Lord Jesus, in the midst of the folly of war, your servant, Chaplain Emil Capon, spent himself in total service to you on the battlefields and in the prison camps of Korea until his death at the hands of his captors. We now ask you, Lord Jesus, if it be your will to make known to all of the world the holiness of Chaplain Capon and the glory of his complete sacrifice for you by signs of miracles and peace. In your name, Lord, we ask, for you are the source of peace, the strength of our service to others, and our final hope. Amen. 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 And uh, Bishop Spencer, you uh, con-celebrated that uh, Mass, I'm sure, correct? Uh, Yes, I did. Uh, Yes, I was there in the con-celebrant. And so... uh, uh, after the Mass at uh, the Hartman Arena in Wichita, uh, the uh, the casket, the flag-draped casket bearing the remains of Father Capon was uh, transferred to a caisson, as I understand it, and brought to the uh, cathedral there in Wichita. Can tell us about that? Yes, it was a horse-drawn caisson, followed by a riderless horse. So... There was a horse, uh, there was a person walking with the horse, but no person in the saddle to represent, again, the Medal of Honor winner. And so the procession uh, came to the cathedral, and there inside the cathedral, a beautiful sepulcher awaited uh, the remains of Father Capon, where he rests to this day. Home at last. Home at last. Any parting uh, thoughts for us, uh, Bishop F. Richard Spencer? Uh, for you, this has been a, a, a sort of a, since 1977. Uh, what are you talking about? Something like 40 years uh, <laughs> yes. plus uh, that you've been familiar with the story, the life and times of and the death, uh, the, uh, the martyr's death of Father Emil Capon. Uh, looking back on all this, uh, any parting thoughts? We are a people of the resurrection. We must remain hopeful. And for those family members who are still missing MIAs and KIAs and POWs, please hang in there. Hope 
and pray that, yes, one day recovery will be complete and all will be brought home. I've been talking to Bishop F. Richard Spencer, the Episcopal Vicar for the Eastern United States for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA. And we've been talking about the a long-awaited, uh, some of us thought this day would never come, uh, uh, that uh, the, the remains of Father Emil Capon had been identified in an unmarked grave in Hawaii uh, and brought back home to his, uh, his hometown of Pills in Kansas and finally laid to rest there at the cathedral in Wichita. Uh, Bishop Spencer, thank you so much for talking to me. You're more than welcome. God bless you and the important ministry that you provide for all of us.